Steam locomotives were some of the most powerful machines ever built. They pulled trains that fueled our imagination. They represented vision, collaboration, ingenuity, customer service, and extraordinary human achievement. But in order to get to their destination, it took someone guiding them through a series of switches in order to get to the main line. Just like leaders today, it takes someone directing them down the right path in order to get to their destination. Welcome to Mainline Executive Coaching ACT, which stands for and Cultural Transformation, hosted by Master Certified Intelligent Leadership Executive Coaches, Michael Bailey and Rich Barron. With over 50 years of successful cultural transformation and quantum leadership development between them. Once again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's show. Good morning, good morning, good morning, or is it good afternoon, or is it evening for you? Wherever it is you are, welcome. We're glad to have you here. This is Mainline Executive Coaching, ACT. We are ready to move on. We've been kind of going after leaders for a while, haven't we? I mean, we've kind of been giving them a hard time about what aren't you doing right? Right. And, uh, you know, it takes tough, a tough person to be able to hear that kind of tough information, those that tough news. We're going to go this direction right now for uh, several of these podcasts that we do. In a way, I hope that is more encouraging, more uplifting, more, you know, let's give you some optimism here and some hope about what you can actually do to make a difference in your leadership, whatever, whatever level of leadership you are. And so we're going to be taking a look at the top challenges, top challenges facing leaders today after this COVID shutdown and all the stuff that's going on now, this great disrupt. I think that, have you ever heard that term? We've heard about the great resignation. We've heard about, you know, but this, uh, the great, the great disruption, that's what it really was. The great was. disruption. It's still disrupting. It is. It's still going on. Yeah. It's like the, the volcano that just won't go back to sleep. Leave the villagers alone. Yeah. All right. So let's get started. <laughs> my fellow, my fellow villager, let's get started. <laughs> let's get going on this thing. All right. You want to bring that up? Let's, we're going to, we've got a PowerPoint. Rick, Rich has yes, designed, let's uh, designed a PowerPoint for us. Okay. We are there. All right. Living life. Top challenges facing leaders today. Challenge number one, vision, roadmap, and implementation. What is this about? What are we going to be covering here, Rich? Well, the folks get a focus. Really, this is about bringing a vision uh, and roadmap to the table. And how do we implement those? So really, you know, what is the vision of your company? You know, is it, how do you explain the roadmap to, to people? And how do you implement that? That's a big challenge today. And you know what? Most people think it's really simple. They act like it's simple. But once they get into the real weeds of what it is, they find out it is a headache. It is a, a freaking tar pit. <laughs> it's no easy thing after all. Not at all. So it takes real skill to do this. I mean, uh, in all honesty, it takes some real skill and some real uh, panache, you might say. So based on findings, this is Corn Ferry Institute, Forbes, that we're pulling this stuff from. Let's, that's our uh, reference here. Let's go to the next one. Okay. All right. Startling so, facts. Some startling facts. And then I was startled to read these, right. quite frankly. Right. Okay. So here's the thing. 
Uh, uh, this is what we were just talking about, Michael. CEOs that took the helm at the end of 2019 saw that their growth maps became useless within months due to the pandemic and the changes in global business. A lot of their vision that they had in 2019, looking forward to the future, you know, money at that point was cheap. Things were, uh, yeah. things were looking up. Um, gas was really <clears throat> down. <laughs> Groceries were cheap. All that kind of stuff. And suddenly it changed. The it pandemic did. threw everything in a really changed uh, global business. Um, shipping, shipping on. logistics, name it. It, it. it changed everything. And so the problem is, is a lot of these guys that didn't have the foresight or the ability to pivot and, and change that vision were, were, were stuck. And, and some of those guys struggled. Some of those companies. That's a good point. They didn't have the ability. They didn't have the skill to pivot. Yeah. Which means that they probably didn't have the background on what pivoting really was. They may have right. thought they knew what it was but they really didn't. They didn't know how to change it up. They were too much fixed in there, whatever. And so the result of that, uh, they became sitting ducks, you might say. Yeah, yeah. Can't pivot, sitting duck. So here's another thing that I found interesting. So 57% uh, of all CEOs agree that leadership is now considered a team sport. Okay, so when we implement these vision, this roadmap, a lot of these leaders, at least 57% of them are maybe starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel. I don't know where the team sport comes in, but really it's a team, it's a team effort. I'll 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 add that in there. Well, it's a catchy phrase, certainly. Yeah. Team sport. Leadership is now considered a team sport. I, I, I don't know if it's because they recognize that um, you know, the generation X is raised and maybe some of the millennials as well, kind of raised in this collaborative kind of environment about, you know, how we get things done. I don't know, is it to take the heat off of them so they don't get all the, all the blame? Yeah. <laughs> well, we're really now all in it together. <laughs> we, we just didn't play well tonight. <laughs> we didn't execute well. Yeah. And if you'd been there, we would have. Yeah. So, and here's here's the, the other startling fact. According to a Gallup report on how millennials want to work and live, uh, only 40% felt connected to their company's vision, creating a strong disconnect and creating listless employees that are disengaged from the work. Yeah, that, that's a startling, that's a startling fact. That's a troubling fact, in fact. The troubling fact. 60, yeah. So 60% of the employees out there are listless? Or uh, it's only 40% are, are connected. And yeah, only 40% are 60%. That that kind of goes along with, with again what Gallup has looked at for the last 13, 14 years. That it's you know there's that you know people at thirty percent they're really buy in they're really cool yeah. and there's this big mass of like fifty percent that could go either way, right? And then there's this other twenty percent or so that are actually carrying around a a knife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you find you on the wrong corner, they're gonna shiv you. <laughs> that's where that's coming from, man. It's a wrong. Yeah, this is the wrong uh, water cooler to stand. Yeah, this is this is not your wa water cooler, uh, CEO. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is. I mean, this is. Let's go back to just for a second there. Just, can go you do it? Okay. Yeah, let's take a look at this. This is um, all. This stuff is really uh, pointing to some very strong indicators and strong needs about leadership development and training. 
Yes. Because if you weren't, if you didn't see it coming, that's a problem. Because you've got to be kind of that prescient, looking ahead kind of guy or gal that's seeing the trends and the patterns and what's going on. And even though if we, we're all caught with you know a little bit with our pants down on this thing with the COVID thing, even though that we started seeing that how how to unroll that that ability to quickly move and adjust to that is huge. And granted, a lot of people just didn't know where it was going or how it was going to work or how long it was going to go on. But that ability to ride that that bull was a big deal. And some were able to do that. Some were able to do it okay, you know, better than others. The other one here is about the 50%. They want to change that up. That's okay if you understand different leadership styles and where they fit in. Right. You know, at some point, there's leaders that have to say, this is what we're doing. And again, create the vision roadmap that you're talking about here, right? And then getting people on board to implement it. Those are all different kinds of skills. And if you've not been trained in those skills and really, you know, worked hard in that stuff, you're going to be floundering. You will just be floundering. You don't know. And then 40 percent. That's a that's a that's a really interesting one. Why did you go and work for a company that you just don't feel that resonance? And it probably even a more fundamental question is this. Why would HR hire people? Where if they're not on the front end saying, does this sound like a great vision for you? Would this something you'd buy into? And then the big question, why would you buy into it? Right. Yeah. Didn't do yeah, your a lot research. of homework there. Yeah. A lot of homework. Let's move on. Let's move on. So what is what is a vision, a corporate vision? How do we define this? And I think the simple definition for this is a vision statement is a snapshot of your company a year or a decade from now. It is an inspiration targeted more at your employees than at customers that will guide your strategic planning. That's a nice distinction, vision versus mission. Mission is for the company, but it's also for the clients, your customers, that sort of thing. The vision is more... When you were taking a look at a vision statement, it is it is a snapshot. It can actually be a picture. It can actually be a word kind of description of a picture. Yeah. Uh, the thing is that it's, it's it does have to be inspirational. And in some ways, it's got to be beyond inspirational. It has to be this kind of thing at a gut level of like, yeah, that's what we want. That's where we're going. This is what we want to get. It's a deep connection that people have. So those 40 percenters, out there that don't feel any connection to the vision statement, they're not even close. Either they are not even close to what this vision is supposed to be, or the company is not even close in terms of how to connect them up. Because it's a it's it's one of those things that's like says, yeah, I want that. I want that bad. That's what the vision should really be saying. But it, it, here's here's a problem. Uh, and you just mentioned something on this. That vision statement. And here's one of the problems with that vision statement is I've seen a lot of people that are so worried about what that vision statement is going to say. They spend more time wordsmithing that statement than they do working with their employees to, to really define what the clear path forward is. You know, we really got to make this statement pop and it's going to look awesome. So we're going to spend a lot of time, maybe even hire somebody, do do whatever to wordsmith the perfect vision statement. So it's more show than it is really go. Absolutely. There's a I've, we've seen a lot of that. Just it's it makes us look good. Yeah. We don't believe it, 
Yeah. But we look good because we, look, we have it. We have it. It looks great. <laughs> yeah. The rented tux yeah. for the prom. It's in the hallway down by the bathrooms. If you want to find it. Right down the bathroom. <laughs> All right. So let's 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 move ahead here. So what are the benefits of a corporate vision statement? So the first one, it aids in the ability to make decisions. How how would that how how would you define that, Michael? That's one of those things. Uh, if you're too cerebral about things, uh, you're gonna your your thinking is gonna get in the way. It's one of those things that it's like um, it's it's kind of like this. You might equate it to this: when you're going out, when you're looking for a new home to live in, or even a new car, uh, there's a lot of houses you're gonna see, a lot of cars you're gonna see as you're going out there. But at some point, you go, wow, that house is incredible. It would be perfect for us. It's like, that's it. That's it right there. Or the car, man, this is the car I really want. It's that, you know, that's what I want kind of a thing. And that's what it does. Once you get that clear in your head, then you're focused on, does it go with the house? Does it fit with our lifestyle? Does it, you know, does this furniture, that paint, whatever it is that you're doing there, that whatever it is, same thing with the car. Does it fit? Does it fit? Does it fit? Does it fit? Or does it detract? Does it take away? Does it make it less than? It's that kind of deep connection to a vision that that sea level needs to have and then pass on to the rest of it. So yep. that it's, it's just that almost like an immediate like, no, that's not us. Or, yeah, that is definitely us. Right, right. You know, and, and we, we hear the, the phrase, you got to think outside the box. That box has to be defined first. That box has to be defined. And then you can start looking for ways to, you know, and decisions within that, thinking outside the box, thinking thinking of new ways to get, you know, to, to the end goal, essentially. Yeah. What is what is it and what could it be? Right. Yeah. So um, this is an important one. We just part of that, that uh, those startling facts we just looked at helps attract and motivate talent. Well, according to Corn Ferry, it hasn't been. It's only attracting about 40% of the right people. Something like that, yeah. 30%. Something like that. But so yeah. that becomes more of a challenge for organizations to really define that vision. What is our vision? And how do we how do we communicate this across the board, even to new employees coming in? Potential does not say attract employees. Yeah. Or, or motivate employees. It, it, it's really targeting the word talent. The people yeah. that really have what it is that you require in your organization, there you to go. Get that organization to work and take off and fly. Yeah. It's the top people that it's really got to appeal to that they go. The top people go, man, that's a that's a place I'd really like to work at. I wonder what they're all about. Got to go talk to them. This yeah. looks interesting. You know, that, that, that would be the difference between the headcount and talent pool, right? Yeah, very much so. So helps to maintain focus. This is important. What, why do we even here today? You know, why do we come to work? What are we doing? What, what is it that we're doing with these widgets or these chemicals or these electronics? What, what is it that we're doing? What is it for? Um, you know, it helps to maintain the focus on what we're actually doing as a, as a, as a company. Yeah, and if you get buy-in from your talent, from your people about that sort of thing, it's, it becomes a reminder because the people are the ones that actually come in and bring in the enforcement, the reminder, the, the example of the focus. It's the people. You've engaged the right people. So they're going to self-police, you might say. They're going to be the ones that 
self-account and encourage others to account. It's kind of like, you know, how horses work. You know, if you got some sort of young colt that's just not behaving very well, you know, that stallion, that, then that's not a stallion, what is that? That mare, mares usually head up horse herds. Uh, she's going to let that, you know, you're not behaving well, you're out the door, you're going to be over there for the wolves. Yeah. So you're out, you're away from the herd. And until you straighten up, you're not coming back into the herd. But it's that kind of thing. You, we are here for a reason. We are here for a purpose. And we got to work together and make in order to make this work. And so focus is a big deal. You don't have the focus. Perhaps you ought not to be here. Yep. Creates a corporate legacy. Absolutely important. You know, who are we as a company? Think of all these great companies out there that you can really think of, you know, a great legacy. Who Can you think of any, Michael? There's a lot of them out there that really have great legacies. And it, what's interesting to me, and it's what's, what's interesting to me, some of these, these companies that had great legacies are absolutely imploding because they, are. they lost their vision. They are. They lost sight of who it is they are and why they're there. They are literally melting right before our eyes. And those things are not easy to recuperate, especially after years or decades of building the legacy. You know, we want to be able to say, oh, maybe we recover this. Sometimes it is tough. So it only creates the legacy of real a sense of pride, working and achievement, all those wonderful things. But it also sets the tone for the future which is really, really important. And once you forget your roots, the roots that were able, that you set, they set in place so long ago to create the greatness. And you forget those roots, which a lot has to do with your customers. Yeah. But you forget that. How, how do you exist when you cut your own roots out? That makes no sense. That's why that connection is so important to the, to the vision. I guess I'd be like Sears and Kmart when they, they came together. That's, you know, it just kind of threw that whole thing under the bus. Yeah, that was a that was a move of desperation. Yeah. Uh, Erica AOL, another one in time. Yep. There you go. Prioritizes your resources. I think this is something that's incredibly important. People are your resources. People are one of the resources for your organization. And if you, if it's the biggest waste, and I uh, waste in any organization. We talked about this a lot. But if you prioritize your resources, you prioritize your department, you prioritize the talent in your organization and give them a direct uh, a direct path to go down, then those resources, the, their time's not going to be wasted. Their, their talents are not going to be wasted. Their abilities are not going to be wasted. And the same thing right now, it's, it's tough to get all your resources in place, shipping, name it, all that kind of stuff. You know, so if you could prioritize what you do have right to that vision, that's just going to help you in the long run. It's really going to help you streamline who you are. Now, all these things are very empowering principles. And the more that we leaders adhere to these empowering, powerful principles, that the more that's going to ripple throughout the organization all the way through. Because what it does is, it creates uh, an organization that believes, that believes in itself, that believes in each other. And without that belief in yourself, that you know, you're talking about that other slide, the listless employees, they don't believe in the organization. They don't believe in the purpose of the organization. 
They don't believe in each other. They may not even believe in themselves when it comes right down to it because they're listless. Yep. You think anybody who has a, a high level of excellence in terms of their conscientiousness and diligence, work hard, work smart, um, they're not going to allow themselves to kind of just slip away into that kind of listless, motivationless kind of employee. They'll either, you know, pick it up or have some conversations or they will pick it up and they'll go. But um, but again, that's the whole thing. This is about the great stuff. This is the great stuff you want to focus on, leaders. It's what you got to do. Here's the big one. Helps define your company culture. Yeah. Got to have that, that belief. That vision, that's that, that vision, believing, that purpose. motivating purpose of, uh, of, of, the, of, of the culture, of the individuals. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and this is something you mentioned earlier about leadership and still strategic leadership. You put the right talent in the right place where it's needed. Yeah, you got to have those those guys and gals that really get it, that really understand the whole workings of, you know, you know, the industry we're in and who we are as the organization and understands the market and understands how these pieces all come together, how they how we bring them together, not only in terms of processes, which we've talked a lot, a lot about, but also in terms of relationships, making sure we got the right people in the right seats with the right kinds of talents and abilities and experience. That whole ability to understand the strategic plan and execution uh, that the leadership must have for the organization, that is critical. I mean, Absolutely. what is that? They, they got rid of jobs at one point, they brought some of the clown in, they didn't know what it's doing. Here we go. It's tanking. It's now in debt. Hey, what did they go in debt? Like $5 billion or something? It was an extraordinary. Nobody thought Apple would ever come back. They brought jobs back. And all of a sudden, yeah. va boom. Right yeah. guy, right place, right talent, right experience. Everything turns around. It can be sometimes that, that easy, but it's you know difficult. But, but that makes all the difference. And so when you have those people that are there and, and really get it, that's the benefit of having a great corporate vision. Yeah. Really and there, you mentioned jobs, the right leader at the right time with the right vision who communicated it correctly. Yeah. And excited. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So here's a here's so right I'm there. Ask you a question. Why don't your employees get it? <clears throat> why, why don't they get it? So first one is a lack of communication. I think that's probably the biggest challenge that leaders have. And we know that from many assessment surveys that have been done. What Batone talks about, we've got the intellectual talent, plenty of intellectual talent there. It's the emotional leadership talent that is really lagging behind badly. Right. It's, it's team leaders. It's, it's directors. It's the CEO, the C-level people that seem to not always, or as much as is required, to have these communication skills to communicate in ways to the organization, to their teams, to their people, even individually, that gets them connected, that gets them moving, that makes them feel like, yeah, I want to be a part of that. They just don't seem to have those skills. Like 95% of them. That's what's shocking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Show like 95% of them lack these, these innate leadership skills. Yeah. So here's the kicker, executives, CEOs, whoever's listening, a one and done, get in front of your, your group and a single mention of all, what our vision is going to be, or maybe a single email or memo that goes out there to everybody is not going to get it done. 
It simply is not. It has to be communicated correctly to all levels of the company, vertically, horizontally. And it can't just be that, that one and done uh, meeting in front of everybody where you're going to give pizza afterwards, but, you know, look at me, listen to my vision and get back to work type thing. It's not going to work that way. And what happens when they believe that that is what that, that should do the trick? Here's what they have. They, there's, there's very few options that come out of that. When that doesn't work. Yeah. And it probably isn't going to work. Yeah. When it doesn't work, what happens is they go now to the blame game. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. They have no choice but to go to the blame game. Well, why aren't they doing this? Why aren't they? Why don't they understand this? Why aren't they falling in line? Why aren't they doing this? And all that kind of stuff. All this nonsense. And this goes sometimes right up to the CEO himself or herself because they start taking a look at it. Maybe you're not really even doing it yourself. And so you get this kind of strange distancing and. You know, your company's no longer really engaged and working together. We get the silo stuff that we talked about before. But then when people leave, they leave horrible reports. Now that goes even worse for the leadership because leadership doesn't even believe that that was a real post about how terrible their company is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Who did that? Who made that up? That could be anybody from our organization. Our employees all are happy and they all get it. All 100%. Even though we have huge turnover. Yep. (laughs) Yep. So this is what you're saying next. This next point is a good point here. Next one, 50,000 foot view. Different altitudes. Guys, here's the thing. If you have a vision and it has not been communicated past the senior levels of the organization. How do you expect everybody from down below on the on, on the ground level in the trenches to understand what this is? I'll, I'll bet you this. I'll bet you this. We could go into, and this is going to be frightening some of those folks. We could go into an organization and go and talk to their C-level people and that next level of directors or however they've set that up. And we could sit down and we could go through a discussion. In fact, we've got uh, some surveys that would help this, but we could facilitate it. They would yeah. be surprised and in some instances startled and some instances would be even shocked Yes, at how other people understood the vision statement, understood the mission statement, understood the values and principles by which the, the company espoused that it was working um, from. They would be shocked that people didn't get it, even within their own group. Now, it's like that old that old game telephone, right? Kids, you sit around the circle and you start out with somebody saying something that goes from ear to ear to ear to ear to ear. Right. To ear. And finally, by the time it comes back, it's like, what? I, that's not even close to what it's that I said. This no. is like a whole different thing here. You'd be surprised that if it's not working at the close, in the close C level or the directors, whatever it is, if it's not working there, when you get it out there in the organization, you would really be like, how do they not? How? And at some point, I say, how did we not get it? That's how bad that can be. That's how bad that can be. And you have to make sure, you have to be absolutely sure that the message is adapted for delivery at all levels of the organization. So everybody gets adapted and accepted and embraced. Embraced at all and levels. I just, I just understand it. Well, what does that mean to you? How are you going to do your job differently? How are you going to? Like all those kind of tough questions. 
Yeah. People just don't think about it. You got to train them. You got to help them. So no decision making <laughs> framework, low fidelity, all that, all that stuff. Here's the thing. Management behavior illuminates the organization's true purpose. And if you do not have a true management leadership level decision-making framework based on this vision, how do you expect the, the, the employees in your organization to truly get the meaning of this? Backed up by behavior. Yes. That they see it. They yeah. get it. It's a, it, there's examples of it time and time and time again. And with that said, that people are held accountable, not just yeah. at the lower end, but at the top end, that everyone is being held accountable for what it is that we stand for. That's huge. Because as we talked about last time, when, when people see leaders are not held at the same level of accountability as other people, that's very discouraging. It's very upsetting. And you know what ends up happening, Michael? is that people get lost in trivial, non-value-added, time-sucking work. And conversations. Yeah, that really doesn't uh, impact the organization in a positive way. And you can't blame them because they don't know what to do. 60% of those, back to those startling facts, 60% of those people who do not get the, the current vision of the corporation end up listless, disengaged. Yeah. Yeah. Because, because they go through the motions. It's not their fault. I mean, it, it, just as you, <clears throat> here's the thing, just as you would train somebody, they're working a machine or they're working on a, on a line or they, they are working at a, an office working through different kinds of forms and so on and so forth. Just as you would train them in the specificity of how to do their job, yeah. same thing is required here in the specificity of what this company stands for, where it's going, and what it intends to accomplish. That's that's that. If you don't do that same thing, why would you expect them to understand that? They won't, and they don't. Yeah. And it's not going to fix itself. That's what it really is. Now, the only way around that, the only way around that, really and truly, which is this is if they just count on a certain amount of attrition on a regular basis yeah. that's above the average, you know, be up, you know, 15% or whatever it is in their industry, they just count on it and that becomes part of the deal of yeah. how they do business, which costs everybody. It costs everybody. You have to have that decision-making framework that spills out the, the exact criteria for the types of work that need to be done. Okay, go, let's go on. Fear of voicing concerns. Distaste for the company. Dang it. How many times have we seen this? Suddenly everybody's back in junior high. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't dare speak up because you might look like a complete absolute fool. Yeah. Yeah. It, it absolutely becomes that. And, you know, if you've clearly communicated your business vision and concerns to everybody in the company, there shouldn't be no fear of voice of voicing your concerns or saying, you know, asking those questions that are not. There's no dumb questions. Remember that asking those questions will explain the vision to me, explain what we're doing. here. We were on a call just last week. And we were talking to this organization and the guy who was heading up the facilitating the facilitation of that meeting, we would bring up points 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. They were just absolutely relevant. Yeah. Absolutely relevant to the discussion. In fact, there were other people attempting to bring in that same kind of voice or point of view or discussion or question. Or no ability. Or to get stepped on. You yeah. would start talking over you so to avoid getting that, that point out and across. And, 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 and that individual, you could see from the way he presented, even though he had the happy face and all that kind of stuff, that guy was really anxious. He was really, yeah. he, brought, yeah. he brought his anxiety to the meetings. He yeah. really did. Both of those, he brought him. And he and the reason was, as you've said, he was out of his element. He was overheaded. And yet he still had that responsibility, but he didn't have the humility to listen to other people. Yeah. So all he could do was ignore it, you know, or, you know, just, as you say, step on it, just defer it. I'm going to be talking about this later. And then he never did. Right. I mean, we really take a look at that. I mean, this, it, it takes guts. Yep. It takes guts to be a leader. There's yep. no way, easy way around. It takes guts. It takes brains. It takes heart. It takes hard work. I mean, it, when you really get down to it, leadership is not easy and it really isn't for everybody. Yeah, as much as everybody might like to think, it is not. No, most that brings us to the next. It. That brings us to this next point, Michael. Work avoidance. Yeah, they avoid that very, very thing that we needed to work on. I don't. I want to avoid that because it's difficult. It might get a little painful. Someone might say something I dislike. And the interesting thing about disagree that, with me. Conversely, the interesting thing about that is. When you've got a good, solid leader, they're going to say, bring it on. I want to hear the concerns. Yeah. I want to hear the questions. I want to know what's going on. And there's no fear. It's not going to be a gotcha game. Now, yeah. find out what your stupid your question is. I'm going to smash you because you're you're an idiot and you ask a question. They want to hear. They want to know. They want to be engaged. Yeah. They really care about what they're doing. They care about the people. They care about the processes. They care about their customers. They want to hear it. As again, I'm going to say again, it takes guts. Because if you because if you don't do that, it just it just hobbles everything. It does. So so when you, one of those people, you know, if, if you if you if you're watching this and you're thinking, gosh, I don't know if I could really do that. I'm not sure if I got. Oh, I think I could, but I just don't think it's important. You start making excuses. Watch your excuse stuff. <laughs> your your excuse meter. Watch how that starts coming up. If yeah, that's yeah. you, then it's time to take a good look in the mirror and say, maybe I need a little bit of help. Yep. Maybe it's time for me to step it up and get some assistance so that I can be the, the gal or the guy that really is filling those shoes, sitting in that seat and yep. stop being because it's if you don't have it, it's killing you. It's eating you up because yep. every day you're worried. Somebody's going to find out. We you, need, you need to not be afraid to get your hands dirty, to get with all levels of the organization. That doesn't mean there's dirty levels of the organization. But I'm saying what I'm saying is you can't be afraid to get down there and, and engage employees and find out what they're what makes them tick, if they truly understand where we're going. You know what happens? And when you don't do this, Michael, you know what happens is you end up with these monthly triage meetings where people are having to really, we talked about this, that people are really having to, to explain why they even exist at the company. Yeah, they, they really have to, to define my role in the company and why do you even exist here? You know, why are you even working here? Type thing. And that's what, that's what people, and it may not come. There really are those organizations that, that do that. They're those yeah. organizations that do that either directly or indirectly. Yeah. They are. What a horrible, horrible. Because no one's truly engaged <clears throat> working together towards the same 
purpose. Integrity. Integrity. The That's word. the whole thing. All right. Well, so how do you bring this to the table? We're just going to go through this pretty quick, Michael, because I think this is something we want to unpack in detail a little bit later on. So senior leaders must drive the vision and bring it to the table. And maybe you mentioned drive isn't really the best word. Yeah, drive this idea. I think mules, you drive mules or you drive yeah. cattle. You, what you want to do is you want to inspire your people. Yeah. Yes, you drive you know, the results. But what that really means, what that really means is you get your teams, your individuals on your teams to use their talents, abilities and skills to drive the results. You're not driving them. You're driving. They're driving their activities. And the reason they were willing to do that is because they're engaged, they're committed, they're loyal. Yep. You know, they want to be part of this. So they do the ones that, that really do the driving here. But the point is you've got to disseminate that message of what that vision is and train on it and talk about it and bring it up. And I was talking to one guy, I said, you know, listen, every time you get your team together and you take a look at your values or your principles or the mission here, just take like five or 10 minutes. And that's why they say, oh, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll take up too much time. No, get them to talk about it. How does this work for you? How do you see it? Where have you? When did you make a decision? Actually, get them engaged in it because whatever is is inspected is also expected. It's a great yeah. term. Whatever is inspected is expected. So if you are inspecting what they think of the vision, their views, their feelings, their thoughts about it, then they know that you will expect it. They will expect you to behave in that way. So you got to bring it down to the level of every time you meet, let's get talking about it. You know, here's something, you bring something up. and We, we know somebody that's has an incredibly high-functioning, high-value team, and he's a C-level employee, C-level uh, member of the uh, C-suite. That C-suite is so disengaged from each other that sometimes they don't even know where the CEO is. Oh, he's off on a vacation someplace. And not only, and when he's around, he he's he doesn't want to hear what's going on. Part-time CEO. Yes, and, I mean, so it. that's it's a it's a and that's a big organization. Yeah. And and so we know this guy and a great guy, great leader. Matter of fact, is even the people who work for him has uh, really gone to bat for him, and and he said some wonderful things about him. And so, yeah. but the CEO who's supposed to be part of his team is a wall yeah sad it's very sad, sad. data-driven analysis to stakeholders you've got to be able to and when i say stakeholders you know that's everybody in your organization um you've got to be able to drive this analysis you've got to be able to show people how we're doing this is how we're doing and this is where we need to course correct to get to that next level yeah if you don't do that if you don't do that even you know coming out and sharing the bad news you don't give them the opportunity to make the changes to celebrate the good news when the, it delivers. You've got to get them something motivated enough to say, hey, we've got this turned around or we're taking it to the next level. It's the celebration, the camaraderie, the teamwork together that creates the juice that holds them together and keeps them moving ahead to what? Not only objectives, but legacy. And this does not mean numbers-driven management. There's a difference there. Good point. So empower stakeholders to make decisions. This is this is huge. Yeah. This is huge. Give that power to the people in your organization that you've hired, you've trained, 
give them the ability to make that decision based on the vision. It's a little bit of that term of team sport, right? Yeah. It brought up earlier. It's a little bit of that kind of stuff. Yeah. 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 It's like getting a ground ball hitting the second base and the second base guy's got to look over to the dugout to get the nod from the coach and go pick up the ground ball before it gets on the outfield. <laughs> Is it okay to throw it to first and then third? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got the ball now. Can I throw this over to first? <laughs> that kind of thing just doesn't work <clears throat> yeah exactly establish establish a, a racing matrix this is important this is great stuff you know response responsibility accountability uh consulted informed matrix for, and these work really good with cross-functional teams not only with uh cross-functional teams but across departments as well in some ways, it simplifies it, and then another in another way, it brings it to a whole other level of discussion yeah. and interaction. And we're going to delve it's, into that yeah. because it's not about checking off the boxes. Yeah. Checking yeah. off the boxes is just the beginning. Yeah. Just the beginning, but uh, uh, just establish who's responsible, and you know, for each of these different things. So that's that's important. Make sure, and then they know that's fair for everybody. Yeah. We know exactly what our jobs are. Yeah, mutual and accountability. Yeah. Here's probably the icing on the cake stay engaged this isn't a one and done it really isn't you know and this is this goes back to that first bullet point we talked about mike that startling fact how so many of these these ceos and these companies whose vision in 2019 right before the pandemic hit suddenly did not have the ability to pivot and it wasn't their ability to pivot. It was the company's ability to pivot because they didn't prepare them for it. Yeah. We yeah. don't have yeah. a backup plan. The leadership. The leadership yeah. wasn't prepared. That's right. And see, that's see, here's the thing that it looks like. You can look at stay engaged as like, <clears throat> oh, gee, I do all that and all that. Or you can look at it, the staying engaged really at its best is the fun of business. Yeah. It really, really is when you really get down to it. It's being in contact with your people, your networks, so on and so forth. It's that sense of connection, staying engaged. Without the people there, you know, and keeping it exciting and motivated and getting things done and achieving, you know, it's just a big drudge to go to work. But if you can see how to stay engaged in that it's a fun activity, it's a motivating activity, it's an activity of connection and excitement and optimism and all sorts of great stuff. If you can see that, I'm telling you, half the battle is won right there. Maybe even 90%, Rich, because you're motivated to stay engaged. You love it. You love talking to your people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's why, uh, why you got the people that you work with anyway. Yes. Let's, let's, let's get to know them. So here, okay, your action steps. So all you folks that are listening to us out there. To stay um, engaged. Yes, yeah, stay engaged with us. So, so go to executiveleadersactilec.com and uh, check us out. We've got a new newsletter. And matter of fact, the sign-up is, is, is on the website. It's under, um, you know, upcoming events. So you can sign up for our, our newsletter. We have uh, online leadership assessment that you can find on the About page about the coaches. Um, and that's just a quick assessment, you know, really – Helps you see where you're at uh, from the 50,000 foot level if you want to go back to that. And then talk to us. It bring, come brings it back to us and we can make an appointment 
and go over that and let's let's get to know each other. Let's, let's yeah. Are you are you satisfied with your your results here? Or are you wanting something more? Are you wanting to the lit you know bring more on, bring more of your of what it is that you've got your potential. Do you yeah. want more? Do you want to become more? You know, because if that's what you're looking for, we can get you there. We can get you to more. Yeah. So make an appointment with us. Call me, 801-835-3535. Call Michael, 801-910-5704. Operators are standing by, and that would be us. So Taking names. <laughs> yep. Taking names. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you in person, and, and let's talk. All right, folks. So, that's great. Michael, I, I got to tell you, um, a shout out to some – so I'm going to say Europe as a whole yeah. because – We've really seen a lot of activity on our podcast in Europe lately. Yeah, Poland is starting to show up. Interesting. Yeah. That's very interesting with all the activity that's going on over there in the Ukraine. And somebody's looking for uh, some better answers, apparently. Yeah. So, yeah, a lot of So, thank you. And not just to the folks in Europe. Thank you, everybody. Uh, we're seeing downloads on uh, every continent. Like I said, over 38 countries now. Over 270 cities now, Michael, that we're every, we every continent. Great system. listeners in, and, and so Antarctica. Yeah, not getting anything from Antarctica, but we don't. We understand about penguins. Yes, they don't have any fingers, so they really can't. No posing, no posing thumbs. They don't have. I can't do the keyboard thing or the <laughs> phone thing. But we'll get there someday. Maybe. Anyhow, thank you again, Michael. You got anything to say? Hey, have a great week. You're uh, we're halfway through it. Make the best, make the best of these next day or two that you have, depending on where you're seeing it, wherever you live. And uh, every day matters. Every day counts. Every time you show up, it matters and it counts. And you make a difference. Remember that. It's yeah. true. Thanks again. Take care. Take care of each other, and we'll see you again. All the best. With all of the issues facing leaders and organizations today, you need executive coaching more than ever. Go to our websites, richbarronexecutivecoaching.com or michaelbailey.com. You can also find us both on LinkedIn. Reach out to us and let's sit down and find out just how bright your future can be with executive coaching. We'd also like to thank all of our supporters in over 60 countries and 600 cities worldwide will help to make us one of the top executive coaching podcasts in the world. From Rich Barron and Michael Bailey, this is Mainline Executive Coaching ACT. Thank you and take care.